Linda. Andy. Sorry, I'm one minute late. You are one minute late. I was surprised. I actually like frantically checked our messages to see if something had gone horribly wrong. I'm very rarely late. It's true. I get very upset when I am late. I know. Well, no, no need to be upset. Yeah, I just feel bad about myself. Should have done better. <laughs> what can I do better next time? This week the I. Andy uh, Mangold. This story. week I left my credit card at my local butcher shop after buying <gasps> some meat, which is speaking of things I'm uncharacteristic to me. I, they've never done that in my entire life, left my credit card somewhere. and then, What is going on with you? Are you <sighs> pregnant or something? <laughs> you know, you never know. I mean, how, how do I find <laughs> out? What, what kind of tests can I take? Well, I think they make pregnancy tests. I got to pee on a stick and find out? Yeah, you got to pee on something. <laughs> Just pee <laughs> on a stick. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> if the stick turns into a baby in nine months, <laughs> you might be pregnant. Oh, uh, we might have to edit out some coughs on this one. Oh no, people can just suck it up. Yeah, they can deal with it. Yeah, how are you feeling? You still sick? Yeah. So this is my third cold in uh, like five weeks. So the doctor went ahead and prescribed me antibiotics yesterday, which you sound you excited know, about it. I I wanted to talk to you about it because <laughs> I'm not I a figured- doctor. I have to warn you. I want some I want some medical advice from my podcast friend. Pee on um, a stick. That's my advice. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. It's like this thing where you tell somebody that you have to take antibiotics and they're like, oh gosh, well, I hope that they don't just didn't just give them to you the first thing, you know. Because uh, I guess they're bad for you and they like clean out your insides and get rid of all the good bacteria and all that stuff. I've right. heard things like that. I, I'm actually not that familiar with the, I guess, the antibiotic truthers, like whatever the sort of problem is with it. I do know that, like, not on an individual basis, but I've read that overall, like, society's broad use of antibiotics is just creating more and more strains of antibiotic-resistant bacteria and right. stuff that is just going to become, like, a super super disease that'll sweep across the world and it'll be, like, the next plague or the next great extinction event or whatever. But uh, but yeah, I don't right, know. I don't uh, want that. I I'm lucky enough to like basically never get sick. I mean, gosh, knock on everything I can reach. But uh, so I yeah. I've taken antibiotics. I mean, like fewer times than I can count on like one hand in my in my like conscious like young adult to adult life. Uh, basically, like two or three times I had to take them for some reason. But uh, so usually great. I just get lucky. Yeah, good for you. I mean, for me the thing is, and this is very exciting to talk about, but. I have a deviated septum, which makes my whole sinus situation susceptible to all kinds of stuff. Uh, it makes it a lot easier to get sick. So I think oh, that what that happens... explains it. I was going to ask if you weren't like washing your hands or something. <laughs> yeah, it's like that my face isn't washing its hands. <laughs> <laughs> the inside of my sinus is not washing yeah. its hands properly. Exactly. And it can't like fully cleanse itself all the time. So, yeah, so I, I do get sick all the time, especially on the East Coast for some reason. I didn't get as sick on the West Coast. Mm, yeah, we're kind of a sickly stuff. coast. That's kind of how that's kind of how we roll. You know, it's so true. But, um, yeah, I was going to say more stuff about that, and then I forgot. Well, I'm, I'm glad you um, – now that you mentioned the, uh, the East <laughs> Coast, I was thinking the other day uh, – what was it was? I went to a, to a show in Baltimore – and I had this like little small social interaction that was like stuck with me for a while, which is that mm-hmm. 
I uh, I went to the show and there was this guy who was like the bouncer who was checking IDs or whatever. And uh, I just asked this guy, I was like, oh yeah, how you doing? Like, how's your evening going? And he kind of made this face like, oh, you know, I don't want to talk about it. And I was like, oh, sorry. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> but uh, I had this realization that, you know, I think that the rest of the country, maybe especially the West Coast, kind of views the East Coast as this like brusque, mean, like kind of salty, cold place where people aren't friendly and like don't yeah. care about you or whatever. Uh, and it occurred to me that like, actually the, like I probably should have been sensitive enough to like not ask this guy how his night was. Cause like, why does, why would he care? He would either be like lying and doing the like social thing where you just say everything's fine when it's not, or right. he'd be confronted with like telling a stranger, like his deepest, darkest feelings about his life. And, uh, I don't know. I feel like in some ways the kind of like social norm in like New York and other like Northeast cities that mm-hmm. you like don't really engage with strangers and like everybody's kind of just like walking past each other is this right. like is this like silent acceptance that like everybody's going through some shit and <laughs> like you don't yeah. and no one should have to put on like a fake face and be like pretend like they're okay with it which made me i think more more like warm and receptive cuz i've always been an east coast person i grew up outside of philadelphia and i've you know traveled around a good bit and i live for like four or five weeks in in California once and just I don't know like everywhere else feels alien to me I'm sure mostly just because of exposure and what I'm used to but uh this sort of vibe of the east coast is what I I most kind of feel home in and I had the realization I think it's just because everyone is kind of on the same page like yeah life life is not great for everybody all the time Yeah, sometimes life is just real bad and not fun yeah and so I feel like that kind of like that social construct is a way that everyone can you know be honest with themselves and others without having to like put on put on uh pretend like everything's good and give a pie to your neighbor and smile at everybody i don't know i know i hated that about california like just somebody anybody tell me they're having a shitty day yeah like i wear black already i know that every single one of you is not having a good day there's no way come on was that your experience too because you lived in california for, for a good amount of time yeah, for three years. It was definitely that way. It was so bizarre. I mean, at first, I bought into it as, uh, wow, people here are just so nice. Uh, and then I was like, oh, wait, nobody's this nice. And then I'm like, wait, I've never seen anyone be mean. Oh, wait, everybody's mean. And they're all <laughs> pretending to be nice. So I don't know what's worse, to be honest. I feel like most people in San Francisco are just... Uh, incidentally systemically being mean by their very existence <laughs> like the, right. the the people that like you and i know in san francisco that are displacing all of the uh all the people that have lived there for generations they're like their very existence in the city is like a violent political act uh, which yeah it's really hard to blame individuals for for a lot of reasons but uh i don't know i have that that big feeling when i'm there that just oh yeah definitely you know, being you and getting a getting paid a high salary to do some like knowledge work tech job whatever you want to call it uh i don't know that is in itself kind of a little bit of a crime it does feel like you have to just walk around apologizing constantly yeah apologizing giving everyone pies like i know i'm sorry i'm sorry pretending like everything is okay i'm sorry so anyways yeah since i'm sick i'm not walking tonight because uh yesterday i walked in the cold and then i got a nosebleed oh no (laughs) just in the dry air (laughs) Just from like the sinus infection and like cold air. God, you're whatever. a you're a mess, so, Jesus. I'm a real mess, so I'm uh I'm cleaning out my closet tonight. 
Is there is there a light at the end of the tunnel? Are you starting to feel better with the with the drugs? I actually am. It's amazing how quickly antibiotics work. Yeah. And okay, I'm gonna try to describe something that might not be describable. Um, but there's this feeling, and it's almost like a smell and a taste, but like a, an inner feeling that when you're getting better, you can just tell and you can just know it. And the feeling, like, it, since it's a thing that only happens when you're, you were sick and now you're not sick anymore, it, like, always reminds me of childhood, and it makes me feel like I'm a little kid at home, like, watching The Price is Right instead of being at school. Oh, and, those days were the best, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you know that feeling at all, or am I just crazy? I kind of do. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think uh, I don't get as sick as much as you do, so right. I may have... <laughs> fewer data points to, to document this kind of experience but but yeah I, I always like I've been somewhat stubborn to go to doctors and like seek remedy for maladies that have afflicted me as, as an adult and yeah. more so when I was younger like I, what was I doing recently gosh I was looking through old work of mine or something and like I found some work of mine from like freshman year of college where I made this like whole poster series that was like against like medicine kind of it was very vaguely like it was very clearly like baby andy trying to like stand for something and finding something to be contrarian about uh and i think it kind of rooted in this idea that like you know uh western medicine is like treating the symptoms and not the causes and if you just you know take pills for your headaches you get every day but never realize that you have headaches because you're not drinking enough water or whatever. I, I don't know. It was really like, oh, man. I won't even say half-baked. It was like a quarter-baked idea. But obviously at some point this was the thing that like I kind of felt. And you know, now as I sit here, my feeling is that modern medicine is great because science and progress is great. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. And that you know, if taking a thing makes you feel better, then you should do it unless you have a reason not to, uh, which is kind yeah. of where I'm at. And I, I, do, I do definitely hold the opinion that all technology, medicine included, like while also solving problems, makes a bunch of other problems that then it itself must solve. Like technology outpaces itself in such a way that it has to continue to get better and improve and sometimes get better and improve at an accelerating rate. Otherwise, it won't be able to keep up with the collateral damage that it has caused in its wake. Uh, and so yeah. I kind of have that opinion, but that's just like a like really big picture thing. To me, that's not a reason to like not take an antibiotic if you know a doctor tells you that that's how you're going to get better if you're sick right exactly exactly like you're not really proving anything to anyone you're just making yourself uh feel bad and nobody's standing there going oh wow look at him go (laughs) i'm attracted to that that is what he believes in i guess (laughs) yeah so i don't know uh i i uh i always I definitely understand that feeling where it's like when you get sick, there's the like days where you know you're getting worse and there's like few feelings worse than being like, oh man, I felt terrible yesterday and this morning I feel worse than I felt yesterday morning. So like this is only getting bleaker. And then as soon as you turn that corner, it's like a million times better just because you're making progress, even if it's slow progress. Like if I feel 5% better today than I did yesterday, then my like spirits are much higher than, you know, if it had stayed, if it had plateaued or gotten worse. So I think I kind of know what you're talking about. Yeah, which is why I've I've been like in a confusing state of sick for probably like over a month now, um, because I have these like moments of starting to feel better, which in comparison to feeling sick, feel like you're actually better. 
So you're just like, oh, hell yeah, everything's fine now. And then like three days later, I'm just in the thick of it again. Yeah. So you've basically been sick the whole time you've been at your new job then. Oh, yeah. Like they were basically because I, I got sick the week before I started. So that was like uh, mid-February. And yeah, they, I, I talked to the doctor at that point and they said, oh, it's probably just a vir- viral thing. So just write it out. Take this stuff to your, for your symptoms, you know. And then now I finally go back and they're like, ooh, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. But here you go. Here's all the stuff you need. Also, the survive more, another day. The more that I spend time dealing with the medical system in some capacity, the more I realize that, like, oftentimes we feel like we are in, like, a great place and we understand a lot of things about medicine, which is, of course, true relative to the past, but also relative to, like, all there is to know. We still don't really know much of anything at all. And uh, so, for example, like, I have one of my good friends. He, like, 12 months ago, like a year ago, uh, just reported that, like, oh, it feels like my throat is like smaller than normal. Like, what? No pain, no like cough, no temperature, no nothing. Just feels like his Weird. throat is smaller than usual. And I was like, oh, maybe it's tonsillitis, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Yeah. And he's been to like, I don't know, like 20 doctors or like, you know, a dozen doctors since then, and nobody can give him any explanation. Every test he takes, they're like, are you totally normal? I think he's gotten like an MRI to like scan his head to make sure he doesn't have like weird wow. cancer pushing his throat in some weird place. And everyone's just like, nah, you're normal. <laughs> like everything about you is totally healthy. And so he feels a little bit crazy because he's like, well, like 12 months ago, all of a sudden my throat felt smaller. And he says it's not yeah. gotten any worse. It just stayed exactly the same. It's just like he woke up one day and felt differently about his body and nobody can tell him anything productive about it, which it's got to be kind of maddening. Wait, so did, did anything happen? Was anything no. resolved? Or is it just like... No, I, I, I don't think anything's resolved. I mean, I check in with him every few weeks just out of curiosity. But like, if he was trying inhalers for a while, he was doing all kinds of stuff. And like nothing, I don't think anything wow. ever changed it. Crazy. Yeah. I don't know. That would drive me insane. Especially if like, you know, in 10 years, they're like, oh, hey, you got throat cancer. Why didn't you talk to anyone about this? Yeah, sure. I'd be I... like, why I oughta... <laughs> <laughs> to the moon with his but yeah i don't know and it's like i oftentimes think about the you know i listen to all kinds of podcasts and there's a whole genre of podcasts which is basically like uh weird history and there's a lot of them that are about medical history where you find out about like how crappy medicine was in like you know recent memory like when my dad was a kid medicine like barely resembled yeah. what it is now right it was like people were still bloodletting in some counties and uh that kind of stuff but, uh, but no, I, I try to think about the things that we do now that in the future are going to seem as insane as like bloodletting or, oh, you know, yeah. like during the Civil War, the like amputation where it's like the amputation during the Civil War was, as I understand it, like a technological advancement because before if you got an infection in your arm or leg, you just died. But we got good enough right. at cutting arms and legs off that now we could save your life and we just amputated like a third of the people that were, were soldiers in the Civil War. Uh, yeah, and we're like, yay! Well, yeah, but you nice. look at that, and like, I always wonder what we're doing now that will seem like that in the future. And one of the things that like sticks out so so much to me is like any kind of like chemotherapy or like radiation treatment, where it's like, oh, well, yeah, it's like, well, we couldn't really figure out any way to get this thing inside you to die, so we're just basically gonna like irradiate you completely <laughs> or like yeah we're gonna you know, just poison you so much that yeah. nothing can survive in your body yeah we're gonna including keep you, you right on the edge of life pretty much uh and just yeah. try and kill everything in there and maybe start from scratch like that has to in you know 50 years is going to be like 
this insane, you know, history that they're going to tell. Like, yeah, believe it or not, we injected Ugh. these poisons into people's blood on a regular basis. And we knew there were poisons at the like, time, but we had nothing else to do. So that's what we and did. And then people are going to be, like, writing book reports about Grandpa Andy's generation <laughs> and how backwards they were. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Especially with, like, like I said, I, I, you know, I mean, these things tend to accelerate. So, like, yeah. It, Another example is uh, my dad's been going through a bunch of medical stuff, which I won't talk about in detail, mostly for his privacy. But uh, he's got this like thing that may or may not be like genetically inherited, and he's like seventy now. And so there's a chance that like I might possibly have this thing. And we were like, oh, talking yeah. about his his like situation, and I was sitting there having like, at first I was like, oh no, I might have this thing. That's weird. And then I was like, wait a minute, if it doesn't affect me till I'm seventy, like there is like basically no chance this thing won't be resolved by the time I'm seventy, right? Like medical right. technology will look nothing like it does today in, uh, oh gosh, I guess it'll be 30, in, in I guess only 40 years. Wow. You ever feel old, yeah. Linda? Yeah, that's true. Wait, you're not 30 yet? When's your birthday? I'll be 30 in July. July. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the club. Yeah. I, I actually multiple... really... Go ahead. I was going to say, I really like this this side of 30. I think you're in for a treat. <laughs> what uh, what what are the highlights? What do I have to look forward to? Well, for you, I am going to guess what your highlights will be. I think that you've been over the age of 35 for at least the last like 10 years, and so Thank now, <laughs> and so now people will just assume that about you, and uh, and you won't have to like let them find out slowly over time. Right? Okay, so so looking more like I feel inside is a is a pro, right? So like when you meet people, they might be like, "Oh, hey, Andy, you're a young guy. We're all going to the bar. We're gonna get some pizza. We're gonna get wasted and look at chicks." And you're like, uh, "I like two hey of those four things. I'll leave it to listeners <laughs> to guess which ones." And you're like, "Hey, guys, not for me." And then they're <laughs> like, "Who's this guy? Think he is?" And then uh, and then they figure it out. But I think that, you know, after the age of 30, people are just like, hey, there's this thing happening. But, you know, don't worry about it. If you, you know, we get it. It's fine. I get a lot of invites like that that are like, hey, just let me know this thing's happening. But like, we, we know you like to stay in and organize your closet. Do you think that's an age thing? Or do you think that's just a way that social dynamics have changed in the past five and 10 years? Social dynamics, I mean, you think that social social dynamics have changed for the world like that in five years, in the past five years? Well, the world is a big statement for, like, the kinds of communities that you and I might be in. I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like the past 10 years have been kind of dominated by this, like, uh, introvert culture where people are, like, celebrating their introversion and talking about how they're an introvert and talking about like the ways they need to like their own like methods of self-care and stuff which i think is great but I'm, oh my, my, my point is yeah, that i think so more and right. more that's like a thing that people are aware of and like keeping in mind when engaging socially where before it was just like peer pressure we're doing this thing lame. if you don't yeah. do it you're lame and now it's like oh no everyone knows that and also here's the other thing <laughs> every time i read his article about like you know, top five things about an introvert or I'm an introvert. And so I found out like the way people describe introverts in popular culture, like basically everybody is an introvert by that definition. Like there's oh, yeah. maybe like one in a hundred people that actually truly like, you know, quote unquote gets energy from being around a bunch of people. But like 
in my experience, like I have maybe one friend that is like that uh, out of all the people I know. Uh, and everybody else is like, you know, everybody's injured, even if you're loud and, uh, and in people's faces. Totally. I know. It's so true. But, I mean, while we're on that topic, I, I, <laughs> I've actually been finding myself saying exactly that thing which you just made fun of for the past week. Oh, no. Because, <laughs> but, I mean, I say it ha- with the same feeling of, like, ah, oh, God, I roll my eyes every time I hear somebody talk about this. But it's because, for me, so I just started this remote job, and then I, ha- I was traveling for that three weeks. So, like, this is the first two-week period where I've been able to just, like, actually get into a remote routine. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, holy shit... I'm finally doing things the way I want to be doing them. Like, it feels so good and natural to me to be away from people for this long. And I didn't, I didn't know that about myself. Like, I, I kind of assumed that I would get really lonely and, like, need to be around people. And I'm just like, no, nah, this is great. I'm chilling. Well, what is the thing I said? What was I making fun of? I wasn't trying to make fun of the introvert thing. Oh, no, no, no. I know. I, 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 but that's the thing is I feel like, uh, I don't know. This is the thing I realized about myself, too, because I talk a lot and I am not ashamed or like embarrassed to like interact with people. I, I will like walk up to strangers and talk to them if the situation requires it or if it will be beneficial. Uh, <laughs> so for all those reasons, like as I was growing up, I was always both perceived as and directly told by people in my life that, oh, you're such an extrovert, you're, you know, a people person or whatever, Uh, which is, you know, by the contemporary definition of, like, introvert, extrovert, just not true. Like, I I still would much rather be at home and be, like, doing something quietly by myself than doing those other things, which doesn't mean I'm not able to, like, engage socially. It just means I don't like doing it as much or it's not, like, it requires me to, like, recharge afterwards or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I um. I got much better. I feel like one thing I learned in my relationship with Hillary is like how to be alone, uh, which before, <laughs> well, I mean, before I was, uh, when I lived with roommates, you know, we did everything together. I live with my like closest friends. And so like there was this weird kind of uh, relationship where we were always together doing stuff, but it wasn't really social because we were always together doing it. So like everyone was kind of like alone together, right? Like for example, yeah. like my buddy was together playing video games time. and I was sitting on the couch in my computer and we wouldn't speak for four hours. But like, right. you know, each other's like presence is like this background noise that makes you feel not alone and maybe curbs any like feelings of loneliness while you actually are alone, you know, for all right. intents and purposes, all, all meaningful I- intents and purposes. Uh, quick, a quick aside. I really miss those times sometimes. I loved that. I had friends I did art projects and stuff with like that. You mean like living with college. like living with uh, roommates that you were friends with, and then being able to have that yeah, space? Yeah, like we didn't we didn't live together, but there was always like the house that everybody just like shows up at. Like you don't have to. Yeah. Like every day after class or whatever, everyone's just there. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, that's definitely a uh, a time in I think most creative people's lives that you get to have that. And for me, it was when I first discovered that were like other people that were kind of like me, right? Like I had like one or two friends in high school that also liked to make stuff, uh, but it kind of in a very different way. And then when I got to college, it was like, oh man, you all like to sit around and draw in your sketchbook and like talk about weird ideas. And that was kind of a revelation. And and so then with Hillary, you had to learn how to be actually alone. How did that happen? Uh, I mean, it happened just because of the like 
the mechanics of living with one person instead of like three of your closest friends mean that you spend more time actually alone because if one person has something to do, then before I had two other people to fall back on, but now it's just me alone. Uh, and also like Hillary is very good at spending time alone and like taking her space and doing that kind of stuff. So I feel like I learned that from her kind of, uh, how to right. actually be alone and appreciate that. Uh, so, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's a thing I've like, I am definitely by all contemporary definitions an introvert, but people wouldn't hmm. guess that from the fact that like, you know, I'll yell across a room and talk to a stranger. Yeah, exactly. Same here because I have charisma. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> how often that is mistaken for extroversion or how much the definition has just changed. I think basically, you know, 20 years ago when someone said extrovert, they just meant a person that is able to be charismatic and talk to a stranger or like yeah. exist in a social situation without like, you know, be turning in on themselves, which I don't say derisively. I mean, like, you know, I have the ability to do that, even though it's not my favorite thing to do. And honestly, that's the thing. I think it's like so few people's favorite thing to do. Like, I don't know. Even people that yeah. go to bars, like the whole like the whole reason that, that bars are the main way that adults socialize is because you get to drink alcohol and that inhibits you, and so or it gets rid of your inhibitions rather. So you get to like Makes it easier, yeah. Yeah, you get to deal with the fact that you're actually an introvert, but now you're just louder and more belligerent. You're like forcing yourself around other people. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't know. Uh, so your so office your office thinks you're week? just a big sick bag. You're just a sickly person all the time. Oh yeah, I'm just sick as hell. Just hanging out in my apartment. I what did is, a puzzle. Do you do like a like a jigsaw puzzle? Oh yeah, thousand pieces, baby. Can you can you like maybe like talk me through what you get out of that? Because I put like jigsaw puzzles <laughs> in the same category of like crossword puzzles and stuff that like to me just feels like uh, I don't know. It feels like a trap or like a weird trick or oh, like a man. waste of time or something. I get nothing out of doing that kind of stuff. I also love crossword puzzles um so me and colin have gotten into the habit of every weekend getting up making a cup of coffee and then doing the crossword puzzle in bed mm -hmm. and that's, that's first of all like, that's adorable as hell <laughs> like the whitest thing anyone's ever said it's but, also very um, white yeah it's, it's that as well yeah. just make a cup of pour over and um <laughs> but we'll put the chemex on the <laughs> nightstand oh my god it's literally what we do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I I understand. Oh, uh, fuck. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> do you ever just, like, hate yourself? Yes. <laughs> Next question. Oh, boy. But anyway, so we do that, and then, like, it just kind of becomes, like, a little thing all weekend that, like, if, we're, if we have to take the bus somewhere or the ferry or whatever, then, like, we like pull it out and it's just kind of like a fun little thing to keep working on together. Um, and so I, that's what I like about the crossword puzzle. And then with uh, jigsaw puzzles, I, since I listen to like podcasts and books on tape and stuff, it's just like another activity that you can do while listening to something else for me. Mm. Cause it's like, it's relatively mindless. You're just like this color. Ooh, where's this color again? Oh, <laughs> these two the other half the of the apple. Yeah, these two go together. And I guess it's that's very, kind of my uh, relationship with uh, with threes, the game threes. Yeah, I still I, I still play that game. Threes. I never stopped playing it. It was like you know the hot thing four years ago or whatever. But I still it's my like mindless thing. Which I don't yeah. I don't know why that feels different to me than like a jigsaw puzzle. But I don't know. I have this weird 
relationship with puzzle games, like games that are meant to be like figured out. Uh, where yeah. so I, here's here's what I think it is. I don't like things that feel like they're you know deterministic, like. Like the difference between a like puzzle, like a jigsaw puzzle, and threes to me is that like threes, depending on how I play it, like I could do really well, I could do poorly, it could last very long, it could be a short game. Like it's right. it's kind of like the possibility is like endless. Whereas with a jigsaw puzzle, it's like, well, I know I'm gonna have a picture of this like you know field of flowers. <laughs> I mean, if, if I get lucky, I maybe I'll have a picture of a field of flowers with one missing piece, and I'll have to like hulk out and uh, you know throw it in the garbage. But uh, yep. I don't know, something about that just feels like. I'm, you know, it, it's like this poetic, I'm just wasting my time making this thing that I already know what the outcome is going to be, and I'm going to go through this kind of process. Uh, and threes, I guess, is a little bit different from that. But with other puzzle games, I really dislike ones where once you've done it, it's like a this one weird trick kind of thing, where like once you know how to solve mm, the puzzle, yeah. it feels like it was just a dumb trick that you didn't get before. Yes! Oh my God! My grandpa always had those at his house. Like that's a that's a that's a real on, grandpa kind of puzzle. That's like oh grandpa yeah, mode, full it's full on. It's such a it's such a little like <laughs> thing to have on the coffee table. Where like yeah, there's there he had these like little metal hooks that kind of looked like horseshoes or something. Uh, metal wires that were like shaped into this weird configuration. Mm, and then, I know like, what you're talking about. Two piece, yeah, they're two pieces, and then they're like stuck together and there's like some weird trick to get them apart and uh it was always like fascinating to watch him do it and then i'd try and try and try and i could never get it but then as soon as you do you're just like oh like game over forever <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's a there's a puzzle game called snake bird have you heard of it no so it's this puzzle game which it this is an example of one of those ones that I just don't know if it falls into this category or not, or if it's actually just a really enriching, challenging game. Uh, but you play as a little snake bird, as the name implies. And yeah, it's basically mm -hmm. like, you know you know the computer game Snake, where you're going around in like circles and eating apples of and course. getting longer and trying not to hit yourself. Uh, it's like best, a combination yeah. of that, but it's like, instead of being real-time, fast-paced, it's actually like a puzzle where, given a certain map, you have to like eat the apples in a certain order so that your body gets longer and you can like make it to the end of this kind of like, uh, you know, puzzle basically. Um, but it's really notoriously difficult. Like, uh, it's, it's one of these games that like hardcore puzzle people like, I guess, or whatever. Uh, so the app is like 50 levels in it. Maybe there's probably Whoa. more that I haven't unlocked. Uh, but it's not that many levels cause like a lot of them are pretty short and I got kind of into this game a little while ago and I played most of the way through it and I'm at this point now where there are three levels left and I cannot complete any of them uh and it is like I haven't touched the game in like nine months maybe and it's still this little thing sitting in the back of my brain it's like here's the thing you didn't finish and I could look it up I could look it up right now and I guarantee that like just looking at a screenshot of one of the levels would probably tell me that oh I have to do this in order to get through this thing like I oh, feel yeah, like but that's oh that's a whole nother thing like cheating you know? Well, yeah. So I feel like I'm at this How point where cheat? I feel like I'm at this point where all I have left are like the one little trick things. Because I've, I've, there's a couple levels. One of the ones I can't, I can't complete is like devastatingly simple. 
Like it's a relatively simple level. There's only so many ways you could possibly move the little snake birds. And I feel like I've tried every feasible combination. And so very much, there's just some specific technique I'm missing that I don't understand some way these controls relate to each other. And I know if I like looked it up, I would, you know, get it. And then I would be able to complete it. And it would just be like, you know, a gate I passed through. But uh, Game over, you're done, yeah. But yeah, so like there's this weird thing where I think puzzle games like that there's this weird association where it's like a, a test of intelligence, right? Like if you're a smart person, you can figure this out, which right. is <clears throat> bullshit because yeah, that's not always true. No, it's not. And like a lot of these things are just like they're little like tricks. And so it's not any kind of intelligence other than like how good are you at figuring out what the trick is, which is not a meaningful kind of intelligence, frankly. Uh, but so here I am, like I feel all at once like cornered by the fact that I can't figure out these last three levels and there's only three levels left. And if I could just figure them out, then this could be a completed thing. I put into the completed column in my brain. Then I also feel like I shouldn't look up the answers because then what's the point? Like, why did I bother completing the first 47 levels? I'm just going to look up the last three. Like that's dumb and like ruins all of my previous effort. And then I have this other voice in my head. It's like, that's not dumb at all. Like this is a dumb trick. Like who cares if you look it up? It's just a stupid little trick. If you just want to know how it's done, like it won't matter whether you figured it out you know, by arduously bashing your head against the app for eight months, whether you just looked it up. If you just want another trick, just look up the trick. It doesn't matter. It's just not a sign of intelligence. Trick. Yeah, exactly. And you're just going <sighs> to die someday anyways. You might as well enjoy your time on Earth, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I'm at this weird impasse. And I, I think about this app, I don't know, every couple of weeks. And it pops into my head. And I'm like, you still didn't finish that stupid puzzle, Andy. And I don't know. It just feels like <laughs> a one weird trick thing to me. And Well, yeah. I like to, so on the crosswords, this happens sometimes, where you get to a clue where it's like, there's just no way you're going to know the answer to it. It's always like some random like Broadway playwright from the 70s. And you're just like, I, okay, I'm not going to know this. And none of the answers around it are giving me any help. And so I call those learning moments. You're like, I'm just going <laughs> to learn something new right now <laughs> that I didn't know before. Yep. But then even like how you find the answer, like you try to like not just Google exactly what that person's name is, but like Google things about it that might accidentally. Uh... <laughs> that way you could be like, oops, I saw it by accident. Wasn't trying to yeah. cheat. Yeah, there's still like something in your head that's just like, we didn't cheat. So you were <laughs> some, good. Some we're plausible good. deniability. Yeah, exactly. So stupid. Like nobody cares. I remember my, my mom always liked the crossword puzzle. I'm not sure if she still does it, actually. But uh, I remember when I was a kid, she always did it. And some year for Christmas, somebody got her something called, like, the crossword puzzle dictionary. And what it was was, like, a dictionary of things that are very commonly used in crosswords. And you could look them up more or less by the clue given in the crossword puzzle. And I remember being a kid and being like, what the heck? <laughs> this is like, yeah. what is this? This just ruins the whole point of it. <laughs> But I don't know. I think that the uh, the crossword puzzle thing is more like the completionist, like it's nice to fill in the blanks and like yeah. complete a thing, uh, part of your brain more for some people than like the, you know, solving a weird puzzle kind of thing. Totally. The one exception to this is I do really like Sudoku. I, f- I have a good time doing those, which hmm. those are deterministic like a jigsaw puzzle, but there's the element of like, how quickly can I figure this out? And you're always invited. You're always inventing little games in your head for how you can like more quickly suss things out. Uh, Sudoku yeah. reminds me a lot of Minesweeper, like that, where like Minesweeper is deterministic, and there's only like one way to do it. And you're just trying to do it as fast as you can, pretty much. But uh, I don't know. That something about numbers makes it more interesting to me than other stuff. Yeah, there was that one game. It was called like 1248 or something. Talking about 2048. 
Yeah, 2048. That's oh, Linda, one. don't talk about 2048. That's just a ripoff of threes. I know, but I never played threes. 2048 Linda. was all I ever knew. Linda, what so. are you talking about? You can't be a 2048 person that ruins everything. Ah, uh, does this just like end the whole show? I'm like, gonna, there won't be a I'm going to gift you threes right now. I'm pretty sure I can do that All right. through the App Store. Oh my god, this uh, is amazing. I love it. Because like I do love apps like that. Like I play two dots on the train all the time. Uh -huh, as uh -huh. a little like mindless uh, time passer. Well, as a topic for another conversation, I want to hear more about your relationship and history with games in general and what kind of games Ooh, you yeah. like and why you like games. That's on my like little mental list of things to talk about with Linda. But uh, I'm going through the process now to give you this app. Here we go. It's, it's a it's a good topic. Um, quickly, I'll just give you my, my tops uh, through time. I really loved Wolfenstein 3D, Whoa. Portal, Portal 2, uh, Fallout 3, and Halo, uh, I think it was like ODST or something. Okay, these are very different answers than I expected, so we're going to we're gonna have to follow up on this. Yeah, close up on the list is Viva Pinata. And Animal Crossing. All right, cool. Uh, you've got threes coming to you. And then oh my God, you're we can amazing. follow up next week and talk about threes and other games. This okay, cool. That'll be my assignment. I'll play threes. And yes. 